Hi, welcome to the Employco HR Podcast. I'm Rob Wilson. With me is my uh, partner, Scott Wilson. Hello. And brother. And uh, our vice president of HR, Jason Eisenhut. Hi, everyone. And Nikki Navarro working the board, coming fresh off of the Windy City Smoke Off. Hey, now. Sounded yeah. like fun. Yeah. Not smoking there, but I'm sure plenty of Concerts uh, plenty of barbecue. Yep. So thanks for joining us uh, for our podcast. Our, uh, our topic this week is how do, we, how do you keep health care costs down as you uh, as people are starting to think about 2019 and, and your insurance rates and health care, where it's going from here, the uh, Jason, the initial numbers are coming out from the uh, from the Affordable Care Act on uh, individual renewals for yeah the, the individual market, the Obamacare plan, as some people call it, the individual market. Each state can put out their own approved regulatory approved. Uh, premium increases, and right now, s- several of the states have already released their premium increases for 2019 average increase, and it's coming to around 15%. So that's 10 states so far right. have, are at uh, 15%. But, Pretty good uh, sample size. But there's a couple out there. Uh, well, Minnesota said their rates are going to go down. What, that's the only state so far that's projecting a decrease in rates. Right. But, but, wow. And what's the big one? Yeah, <laughs> Massachusetts. So if you're... Or Maryland. Oh, Maryland, yeah. So Maryland, you're, you're, they're looking at a, a 53% increase. Wow. Yeah. Right. And so That's now these are the rate increases that are filed for individual plans. And uh, so there's been a fair amount of, uh, of uh, media attention on the individual plans as, uh, as the Trump administration has made some changes to, uh, to what you have to do and, and, and not do from a coverage standpoint. They've taken away the penalties. So some of the states and carriers were concerned that they're going to they're gonna lose people. Uh, sure. Because if you want, won't be required, but uh, so some uh, some high increases next year. Right? Yeah, that's what the crab cakes yeah. in Maryland. <laughs> wow! So as you uh, as we look at healthcare costs, they've been going up pretty consistent for the last uh, last couple decades. The it's uh, like Groundhog Day every yeah. year, and they they had said bump. for for years the Affordable Care Act is going to help reduce that, but it, it really didn't have any effect on uh, on premium increases. It, yeah, it they, continued as long to as go we've up. been doing it, it's been going up. So uh, if you look at what are some of the things that, uh, that cause your medical premiums to go up? Yeah, so even on the group market, we're seeing rates go up almost double digits each year. It's kind of trending that way. Uh, but yeah, some of the main reasons for the medical plan increases, even on the group market side, is there's normal inflation. That's, what, 2%, 3% a year. Everything goes up. It's a little bit every year. Gallon of milk, your cell phone plan, everything goes up. Um, but the increased prescription costs, there are a lot of drugs coming off, um, the kind of the patents and going towards generic, or there aren't a lot right now, but hopefully in the next few years we'll see more of it to push more towards the generic side. Because yeah, back, you know, we've been doing this for a long time now, and, and back when you go, you know, 20 years ago, your your insurance carriers, their biggest area of, of profit was your your group life insurance, and then the prescription side, the drug card, and, sure. And now uh, now there's so many people on prescriptions that that's. Well, there's medicine for everything. I mean, when you think about it, I mean, you you look at Walgreens went from being like in a strip mall in the center spot to now they own, in CVS, they own every street corner, it seems. Right. Right. So so prescription drug costs has got to be a a big number. And then when you look at your your demographics, people are uh, getting older every year. Yeah, Yeah. people are living longer, staying in the workforce longer. The baby boomer generation is just, it's an older, sicker generation than, than ever before. How about poor general health? How how big yeah. of an issue does that fall in? Yeah, we're as the U.S. We're just we're becoming health unhealthier. I mean, people are kind of heavier than ever before. The diet's not as good as ever before. There's McDonald's, super size, yeah, super yeah, fast food everywhere. And 
I would just think back 20, 25 years ago, there used to be four different health clubs just within a close vicinity of our office building. Now two of them are part of a dealer car dealership that were knocked down, and there's a parking garage there, and then another one closed. I mean, it's just people aren't working out like they used to. Kids are on mobile devices and aren't out playing. And, yeah. I mean, it's pretty epidemic. Well, when you look at the food in the U.S., when you look at the bad diet and, and fried food and that versus when you look at uh, in in Europe, in Europe the uh, sure. you know the, the uh, you know the, the wheat here is not as healthy as there. The uh, yeah, look at the Mediterranean diet. Gee. I mean, it's all olive oil. It's it's you know it's healthy for you, opposed to like corn syrup and all the sugary sweet things that we have right. here too. And when you look at the GMOs that are here versus in Europe, it's not allowed. So when you look sure. at you know, the pasta you're eating in Italy versus the you know, here, yeah. But uh, government regulation, I would imagine, the has got to play into your. Uh, I mean, your some rate of it's increases. the uncertainty and what what will happen to the Affordable Care Act is it going to be repealed? Is it not? Which parts are going to be repealed or, or at least put no cost penalties on? So the insurers have to, or at least our, their response to it is putting in some budget, some some cushion room to make sure they can account for any of the, the negative aspects that are coming down the road. And then, yeah, no, I was just saying at the end of the day, we really it would be better for everybody to be healthier. I mean, that would, right. you know, be the best thing. And that's the main driving cost of it. It's not necessarily, I know we're talking about how to save money for the employers, but at the end of the day, it's better for the individual to be healthier. Win-win for everybody. Yeah. Right. So what, uh, let's, let's shift and talk about what are some strategies that employers as, as you're contemplating, you know, it's, it's July. I've got my renewal coming up in December, January. What can what should they be doing or what should they be thinking about as they uh, as the renewals approach later this year? So two of the most common ones that we're seeing from our clients and then what kind of the general industry also is employers each year are shifting more of the premium to employees. So maybe they've historically paid seventy five percent of the premium. Maybe they're going to shift down to seventy three percent going forward and push more of the percentage costs onto the employee of the premium. Um, another big one that we see is uh, the claim cost shift to the employee. So if you're today paying in a PPO plan, you're offering your employees with a PPO plan that has a $30 primary care physician copay, that might jump to 35 or 40 next year. So every little bit obviously saves on premium dollars and cost to the employer. Doesn't really save on the total spend, but the employers who are budget of conscientious that that saves some of their their financial dollars and when you look at uh you know years ago you had the 250 deductible we we offer several plans within our corporate plan and mm-hmm. it starts at 500 and goes to 5,000. a lot of businesses that you talk to today they feel that their deductibles you know they, they've they started doing this years ago and they can't really get much higher right you know when you when you talk to you know you see some prospects out out uh, like a twenty five hundred dollar deductible and no, five thousand like five thousand dollar sure. deductible with a, a you know out of pocket for a family of uh, of fifteen thousand. How does that family uh, right. afford the fifteen thousand? So and, and a lot of the plans. Another strategy is for employers to move towards uh, consumer directed health plans or high deductible health plans. So that's where it's not a traditional PPO style plan where you have copays for sick visits and prescription drugs. That's a high deductible. It might be a $5,000 individual deductible. And the only dollar amount the insurance carrier is going to pay up front or at the beginning is for preventive care visits. If you have a sick visit or pick up prescription drugs, you're paying those dollars right from day one, which um, probably the, the, the strategy is for um, to build consumerism. So 
as employees become better spenders, okay, if I have to have an MRI and spend $500 on MRI, maybe I can get it somewhere else for $300. So the goal there is consumerism on the sure. CDHPs. Right. And, and some of the challenge with the, your high deductible plans, though, is it, it does give more ownership to your employees. But also when you look at things like your a lot of your high deductible plans, your prescription drug plan then is also on a high deductible plan. So if you, that family that uses a fair amount of prescriptions, it's going to cost them more, you know, more out of pocket. Than and, I, and I think the jury's still out on whether or not this really will be beneficial long term. Some people might be putting off that little minor procedure because it, they have to pay the deductible or the, the co-pays or the sick visit they turn in from wait nine months to go to the, see the doctor. And now something that could have been caught early is too late, and now it's a full-blown surgery. costs them more money and sicker and things. Sure. So mm-hmm. something to worry about. Yeah, that would be interesting long-term to yeah. see. And and going back to what I was saying with general health-wise, I mean, it could right. be companies giving out Fitbits or something similar to it where, you know, if you drop 20, 30 pounds, 40 pounds, you might not need to be on blood pressure medicine. That's going to be better for you long-term health-wise. It's going to lower your costs as an employee, and it's going to be better for the company that it's one less employee that's on blood pressure medicine. So that's where I think a lot of this, it is employer-driven, but it's really to the individual. If the individuals are complaining about their copay and things like that, and they are overweight, and they're on blood pressure medicine, and the doctor, you know, if it's like a case of blood pressure where if they lose weight, they could go off it. I mean, that's where it's really on the individual. And how can you make it conducive to them to be healthy? Yeah, good point. Right, your wellness programs are, uh, you're seeing more and more companies uh, offer wellness programs. And I think the employee's going to feel better. It's going to be, you know, they'll be more productive. And I think long-term, they're going to live longer, so... The, uh, are you seeing companies do, uh, as, as, as it relates to wellness for smokers, do smoker surcharges or spousal surcharges? Yeah, so the smoker, smoker surcharges are still somewhat popular. They're just a little bit less popular than they were because of HIPAA, and you're starting to get into where Americans with Disabilities Act, so if someone is saying it's a disability, I can't physically get off from not smoking, you're not giving me, so then you and typically what companies are doing is pay for you. As long as you go to a smoking cessation class and you finish it, even if you don't produce the results, we'll still give you the premium discount for completing the smoking cessation class or reading these three smoking articles or something along those lines. Yeah. On, the, on the spousal surcharge, that's becoming more popular. Um, typically what companies are doing is uh, asking employees, maybe on their enrollment form or an affidavit, to indicate... Um, yes, my spouse has access to group health care coverage at her work or his work, um, and I'm still, they're still, well, I still want to put them on my plan, and when spouses have access to group health coverage elsewhere and the employee still wants to put them on their company's plan, then there's a, maybe a $50, $100 per month extra fee to put them on your employer's group coverage. And are you seeing that uh, as well, and uh, you're seeing more dependent audits? Yeah, Cause right. Because pre- a pretty common part of the ACA was that for kids, adult kids, that you know, used to run into the problem where you know, you've got a, uh, a son or daughter in college, they haven't graduated yet, but they, you know, the age used to be 2021, 20, then you had to show copies of their report card showing mm-hmm. that they were still an active yeah, college right. student. Now you can be on your parents' coverage until you're 26. The law says that once you have a job and you're supposed, and that employer offers health insurance, you, ha- you have to take it. But I would imagine there's got to be thousands of, of young adults that are still on their parents' policy, and they shouldn't be. Sure. Yeah, the, the general rule of thumb is a dependent audit 
generally without a dependent audit or dependent verification process, around 5% of the dependents are ineligible. So that could be an ex-spouse that the person has just been kind of covering and never told their employer. It could be that they never really truly got married. It could be uh, uh, a child of the spouse who could be an adopted child, but they never went through with the adoption proceeding. So during a dependent eligibility audit, you ask for proof, like birth certificates, adoption papers, marriage certificates. Um, and how do you how do you know about the kid that, you know, he's got a job, he's 25, and there's health insurance at that employer, and he yeah. doesn't want, you know, the the, uh, the young adult doesn't want to pay for it because his maybe his employer only pays for half a coverage, and he figures, hey, I'll get it for free under my parents. Sure. Right. Some it's of that's going to be on the honor system, and right. you just can't detect it. Right. The uh, virtual office visits, telehealth, you're starting to see more, yeah, more right. of that where people, you're, you know, I know we've been using it with great success on our workers' comp side for claim reporting mm. where you're speaking with a, a case nurse. But on the health side, you're able to now call. Uh, most carriers are doing this now where you can call and speak to a nurse. Yeah, yeah that makes sense. Yeah, they started off years ago, or not, I mean, several years ago with a 24-hour nurse line. Hey, I've got this cough or I've got... Uh, rash, do you think I should go see a doctor? And then the nurse can usually give you some practical advice on whether or not you should make the trip, the on-site in-person trip. But now it's a lot of it's even like e-medicine where you can dial in and do a Skype almost type of like a FaceTime type interaction with your doctor over the phone or over the computer and they can see you in person and diagnose you and it's almost like a virtual visit. And I think that's better than the people that don't want to even go to the doctor and they try to do- diagnose themselves off of yeah, web- right. WebMD and they have everything that they look <laughs> at. So, I mean, it's just, you know, I think it's good that at least they're talking to someone. A professional. Yeah. yeah. Now, Jason, in member education, you're doing, uh, you do mailings every every other month to, uh, to our clients. Uh, you do that. You do the HR newsletter every month, but then you're doing more and more on the education, helping helping clients educate their employees on how to better use their health care. I mean, a lot of the carriers will send emails to the listed email address, and that's if the employee listed an email address during the enrollment process. But if someone didn't, even if they did, it might email might get deleted. You get so many spam emails now yeah. and less and less mail to your home address. We think it's a good idea once in a while to send a, a packet to the home address, a mail that way this employee gets to see it, a spouse gets to see it, maybe adult children get to see it, like some tips and tricks on how to become healthier and save money on your health care. And Nicky mentioned who's working the board today. He loves coming home and finding <laughs> mail in his mailbox. Sure. When you look at large employers, you know, they've got they've got a little bit of benefits, but they're also most large employers are self insured. So, you know, you look at their on-site health clinics where you see where you've got thousands of employees. If you've got in one location, you're seeing more and more on-site health clinics where you can go into uh, you or anyone in your family and see their their own nurses. Yeah, it might be a big 2,000-employee warehouse or machine shop that if you have an on-site doctor, on-site nurse, instead of putting something off, they can go during their lunch hour. It makes it really convenient for those kind of minor-type illnesses. And, and you can injuries. catch it early. Yeah. Right, exactly. And then, then it saves money. Instead of paying fees to other doctors that maybe are part of the carrier network, you have a like a direct contract with this doctor and nurse, and you can typically save some money that way too. Right. Yeah, so for uh, those who that work for large employers, that, that could be a great uh, great tip. So any other uh, closing thoughts, Jason, on, uh, on what we should be doing now as, as people are planning ahead for 2019? Just plan as far in advance as you can and keep that kind of continuous momentum going and, and just keep the strategy going as far as you can. And let us know if you have any questions, hr at employco.com or 630 
nine two zero 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 zero, and we'll, we're more than happy to help. And we're at employco.com. Right, Twitter exactly. So if you, uh, we appreciate you uh, listening to uh, the podcast, and uh, we always welcome uh, ideas. We we love to hear from people on uh, different uh, future different topics. podcast so. uh, suggestions for sure. So thanks for joining us. We look forward to. Uh, Having another podcast out next month. Thank you, everyone. Have a great day. Thanks.